Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, with whom do you wrestle? In the face of constant struggles and difficulties of this life, this is a good question, isn't it? Maybe a specific individual comes to mind, maybe a spouse or a sibling, a co-worker, or maybe a classmate. Maybe it's an ongoing issue like that of health issues or finances. Yet Holy Scripture reveals that we Christians battle or wrestle against three spiritual enemies. The first is Satan. We heard a lot about him last week in regards to man's fall into sin and Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. Like a lion that prowls around seeking prey to devour and kill, so Satan seeks to devour you, that is, to destroy you eternally. He does so by speaking lies. Then there's the world. It tempts you with false promises. It would lead you to place your hope, your trust in the things of this world, like power, fame, Riches, wealth. And yet these things will never deliver on their promises. In fact, the only thing they'll do is lead you away from Christ. Finally, there's the sinful flesh that doesn't seek after God's will, but our own will, our own desires. In the epistle for this day, St. Paul specifically addresses the matter of sexual immorality. As God has intended that sexual intimacy be within the bonds of marriage, that is, between a man and his wife, God would have us flee from anything that is opposed to it. Yet how difficult it is to walk according to this will of God, especially for those who are young. The temptation to fall or the temptation to give into one's sinful desires and follow after a culture that, sec- uh, that celebrates sexual immorality is constant, always around us. And so it is that in this life, we wrestle with Satan. We wrestle with the world. We wrestle with the sinful flesh. We wrestle with them as they seek to drive us away from God and His life-giving Word and to lead us to eternal death. And yet, there's one individual with whom we don't expect to wrestle. And that is God. Such a wrestling match is placed before us in the gospel for this second Sunday in Lent. As Jesus' behavior appears uncharacteristic of God. He in whom whom there's pure mercy appears hard-hearted, if not downright cruel. It appears as if Jesus, who is God in human flesh and blood, is the enemy. St. Matthew writes, And God went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. 
In desperation, this woman goes to Jesus seeking help for her demon-oppressed daughter. Now, we're not told explicitly what effects this demonic possession had on the girl, but it must have been awful. Throughout the pages of Scripture, demonic possession left individuals blind and mute. You'll hear about this next Sunday. It made individuals violent, even to the point of cutting themselves with stones. It brought about seizures on an individual, often throwing them into fire and water. So knowing this, we can understand the mother's desperate need to have her daughter healed. And yet from St. Matthew's words, we find out that this mother wasn't a Jew. She was a Canaanite. She was a descendant of an Old Testament race that Israel was ordered to exterminate because of their idol worship. And yet this woman didn't care about her genealogy. The circumstances in her life have stripped her of any notion that she could rescue herself or her demon-possessed daughter. Without any merit or worthiness on her part, she comes to Jesus. She doesn't order him around. She doesn't tie his hands down on how he's to answer her prayer. She simply prays, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, while she may have been a descendant of Canaan, Ham's son, it would be more right to call this woman a Christian. Did you catch her prayer? Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. With these words, she confesses that Jesus is the promised Messiah. He's the promised Christ who would redeem man from his sin and from death and and from the devil. And not only is Jesus the promised Messiah for the children of Israel, but of all nations, even the Canaanites. It's as God promised Abraham, in your seed shall all the nations be blessed. What incredible confession this woman gives. And yet it's here where we see the wrestling match with Jesus beginning. To her wonderful prayer, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Jesus didn't answer her a word. Jesus' response, or better yet, lack of response, is shocking, isn't it? We don't expect silence from the one Holy Scripture reveals to us as full of love, full of compassion, and yet he didn't answer her a single word. It's as if Jesus wasn't listening to her. It's as if Jesus didn't care that his daughter, that her daughter, was oppressed by this demon. Like he didn't care about her desperate desperate situation. And yet, this woman wouldn't give up the fight. 
She wouldn't give up the wrestling match. Apparently, she continued to cry out to the point where the disciples were getting annoyed. They came to Jesus and begged him, send her away, she is crying out after us. In other words, Jesus healed this woman's daughter so that she would leave us alone. So much for care and compassion from these future pastors as well, right? And you would think Jesus would rebuke them for their lack of compassion, and yet he doesn't. Instead, he answers, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. With these words, Jesus was setting forth the order of God's salvation. God willed that the Messiah would go first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This woman, this Canaanite, is an outsider with no genetic tie to Abraham. And it's at this point where you would think that this would be the final nail in the coffin. You would think this woman would give up the fight and turn around and go home and continue to despair of her daughter's condition. And yet she doesn't. She continues to wrestle with Jesus. Falling down on her knees before him, she prays, Lord, help me. Her prayer got shorter. And yet, Jesus didn't answer. Or, sorry, he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Finally, a no, right? With Jesus the victor, it's time for this woman to turn around, go home, and give up the fight. And yet, in all of this, did you notice? Jesus never tells this woman no. He never says no. And laying hold of every word that proceeds from her Lord's mouth, the woman notices this. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. With these words, the woman doesn't deny her status as a Canaanite, as a Gentile. She doesn't claim that she has a right to receive help from, the, from Jesus, from Israel's Messiah. However, she did assert that Jesus was so powerful, so mighty to save that even the smallest scrap of what he had to offer was more than sufficient to heal her demon-possessed daughter. Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Well, redeemed, this gospel for this day can be challenging at first glance because Jesus isn't acting in a way that we normally expect him to. He doesn't appear to be loving or caring or compassionate. And yet, even in the face of these things, the gospel for this day would open our eyes to the truth that God isn't our enemy. Through various trials in our lives, he may, we may certainly wrestle with him. He may test us. 
However, God is never our enemy. Satan, the world, the sinful flesh, they're the enemy, not God. However, like the Canaanite woman in the gospel, God wrestles with those he loves. And through the various wrestlings, the various trials that God allows to happen in our lives, he would drive us to see our extreme poverty, our unworthiness, our sinfulness. He would drive us to cry out, Yes, Lord, I'm a sinner. Yes, Lord, I deserve both temporal and eternal punishment. Yes, Lord, I'm not worthy for the things of which I pray. Not only that, he would have us cling in faith to his word. Alone. No matter what we see with our eyes. Against all appearances, against her wrestlings with Jesus, the Canaanite woman held on to God's word. In that word alone. She knew Jesus wouldn't leave her or forsake her in her time of need. She knew Jesus was God in the flesh and he had come to wage the battle with sin, with death, and with the devil. And not only that, she knew that he would win the victory for her and her demon-possessed daughter. Fellow redeemed, this woman is right and Jesus has done the exact same thing for you. Consider with me the most intense battle any man has ever fought with God. And this wasn't Jacob, who we heard about in our Old Testament for this day. And it wasn't this Canaanite woman. And neither is it your wrestlings with God. It was Jesus. Having kept the law of God perfectly. He was an innocent man. He was without sin. And yet he was betrayed into the hands of sinful man. He prayed to his heavenly Father that the cup of suffering might pass from him, but it wasn't, and it couldn't be. As he hung on the cross, he suffered the God's wrath for all of your sins. The Holy Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, and born of the Virgin Mary in time, was dutiful and was obedient And yet God punished him. God became his enemy. God fighting God. God in the flesh suffered God's punishment against sinners. And yet in the midst of this apparent fight, look beneath Jesus' suffering and see what's there. The Father loves his Son. He's well pleased with his son. The father's love for his son is so great that it embraces all those for whom his son died, including you. The wrath, the woe, the pain, the suffering that Jesus suffered on Calvary. But where is all of that? It's removed from us. Jesus bore it so that you wouldn't have to bear it. Oh, redeemed, do you feel like you've been wrestling with God? 
Do you feel like he's your enemy? Do you feel like he's left you in your time of need? Don't rely upon your experiences. Don't rely upon your emotions. There's only one thing that faith can rely upon with certainty, and that's the promise of the gospel, the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus, which has been revealed to you through the pages of sacred scripture, through the various wrestlings of your life, Rely upon God's words to you. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There at the font, God has called you by name. He has made you His beloved son, His beloved daughter. Throughout the various wrestlings of your life, rely upon God's words. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. These words spoken to you by Christ's called servant are valid and certain, even in heaven. As if Jesus, our dear Lord, dealt with you himself. And throughout the various wrestlings of your life, rely upon God's word. Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. It's in this blessed meal where our Lord strengthens and preserves you in body and soul until eternal life. Hell redeemed, rely upon this word, these words. This is what Jesus desires to teach us this morning and what he desires to teach us every day of our lives. When it appears as if you're wrestling with God, when it appears that he's our enemy, think again. He's not. Don't place your trust in your experiences. Don't place your trust in your emotions. Instead, place your trust in his word. For there you'll find his promises of forgiveness, life, salvation. And these promises are sure and certain. They're backed by Christ's innocent suffering and death and by his glorious resurrection from the dead. God be praised. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.